Hello and welcome to Talking HE, my name is Santanu Vasant. In this episode, we speak to Dr. Dawn Irving Bell, Senior Lecturer in Learning and Teaching at the Centre for Learning and Teaching at Edge Hill University. We discuss the National Teaching Repository, what that means for scholarship of teaching and learning, and how you, as a higher education professional, can get involved. We hope you enjoy this episode. Thank you for inviting me uh, to talk about the National Teaching Repository. I'm uh, Dawn Irving Bell and I work at Edgehill University within our Centre for Learning and Teaching. So uh, at Edgehill University uh, I was appointed to a, a new role which is a, a projects lead so I look at um, institutional developing institutional policy and, and strategy. I also deliver the research module on our PG cert, support our UK PSF um, amongst, amongst other things. Oh and I look after our graduate teaching assistance the the teaching and learning in higher education program for our GTAs. Thanks Dawn for your time. I wanted to start off by asking what is the National Teaching Repository? The repository really is all about disseminating accessible ideas that work. So um, it's an open educational resource, it's open access, it's an online searchable database whereby people can upload and submit tried and tested strategies that work. So it's a safe space where they can be housed and, and harvested. So anyone um, can upload and share their teaching uh, resources and their um, teaching and learning related research, their pedagogical research, anything really. Um, and the idea is that sharing these innovations will both help other people, but it will also help the contributors to gain recognition and acknowledgement for their work. and. Um, I'll talk about it in a little bit, but there's mechanisms within the repository that facilitate colleagues to be able to show evidence of the impact of their work in practice. So in a nutshell, it's a database that anyone can search to access those hands-on practical ideas and resources that, that can be ready to use off the shelf or that they can adapt them for implementation with their own settings. Oh, and I should say as well, it facilitates colleagues to showcase that work in a range of non-traditional research formats. So this isn't a space where we're uploading um, academic research papers in that respect. It's we can the repository can accept anything in terms of PowerPoints, media, short videos, those kind of things. But I'll talk about those in a, a little while. Why did you set up the National Teaching Repository? Great ideas really are often hidden in silos and they're not considered to be any of any value outside of the discipline or the institution where they originated. So the idea was to bring these ideas to the fore. So within my role at Edge Hill, I am responsible for um, capturing good practice citations. And these are taken from validations, periodic review, um, external examiner's reports. And my role at Edge Hill was to put them into a compendium, to put them into a space where people can have a look at them and hopefully share them across the institution but invariably they just sat in this compendium and didn't really go anywhere or do anything. So one of my tasks was to find ways 
to make them accessible to everyone across the institution. So um, I did that by staff development events, moving things online. I set up a blog. And one thing that I noticed from this when it, it, a year or so in was that colleagues, especially with the blog, because we were able to access the data from the WordPress site, colleagues were able to realise that their practice was having an impact across the institution. So we were able to look at that data and see how many times it had been accessed, how many times it had been downloaded, shared and used across the institution. And that then was able to give those colleagues um, the evidence they needed for internal promotion, uh, performance review. And as we all know, it's really, really difficult to evidence the impact of your teaching and learning related practice. But what this mechanism did, this blog space, was allow them to use that data so that they could then say, well, actually, my work has impacted across four different departments in the institution. That's, you know, then gone into so many different courses and programmes and it's impacted upon, you know, the learning of a thousand students. And then that was able, they were using that for things like advanced HE fellowship, D2 or senior fellowship applications. So building upon that idea, I rolled out a programme across my institution um, and did staff, a series of staff development workshops. And that led me, um, I think in 2019, I went to Newcastle for the Advanced HE Conference, where I disseminated just exactly what I've described, what, what we do at Edge Hill. And I couldn't believe the interest that was generated there. I was really um, heartened by it. So that then led me to secure um, an Advanced HE Good Practice Grant, which is what we've used to support the establishing the uh, National Teaching Repository, because obviously it's working at Edge Hill. Lots of people were telling me it was working then in their institutions. So we've, we've moved it to a national space because, you know, all this great practice that everybody's working on, it's, it's there to be shared. People can access it, share it, use it. So then... In setting it up, at Edge Hill, we've got a system called Figshare. So I don't know if you've come across Figshare or not. Uh, and this is the beauty about it as well, because it's it's at Edge Hill and it's within Figshare. Figshare is an international company um, who do this stuff, create this nice safe space so that you know anything you put up there is protected, it's secure, it's accessible, it's being checked. So that's, that's a really nice um, space. So if I talk a little bit about Figshare. So tell us a little bit about the Figshare system. So uh, using the Figshare system, the, the personal professional benefits of sharing your work are that obviously you can gain that um, national recognition for your practice, but also through the system it lets you protect your academic and intellectual property. So because the, the system's there, it's really, really simple to upload and share your practice. You don't need to register, you don't need to have an account, it's completely free to do. And once you've uploaded your practice in whichever format you like, so it can be media, picture, PowerPoint, it generates a citation for your work so that people can then, um, if they're using your work, can acknowledge that in the same way that they would with traditional research. You can link all of your work to your own ORCID ID so you can build upon any research practice that you've already got. As you upload, it gives you the option to either paste in an existing DOI or it will generate a DOI for that piece of work. There's a facility there for you to share on social media once you upload so that then you can disseminate your work even more and let people know that it's on there so they can access it and download it and view it and share it. 
the altmetric data that's generated is brilliant. So you can track not only um, how many downloads you've had, how many views, but also there's a, a map that lets you show uh, globally where people have actually accessed your work from. Um, you don't have to do this, but there is a facility on the repository to generate your own profile page. And if you didn't want everything to be housed within the Figshare system, the National Teaching Repository itself, by uploading, you can put a link to um, an institutional website, your own personal website or space, you know, so people can still go to the National Teaching Repository to find your practice. But then if you want in the metrics on your own private site, you just paste the link there and that will it'll be an extra click for somebody. But obviously, the, the fantastic practice that you're sharing, it'll be well worth them doing that. And then as the people visiting the repository, you're obviously every click, every download, every sharing on the Twitter using the altmetric data, you're gaining evidence of the impact of your teaching and learning related practice. And you can then use that to help you to secure a job, a promotion, internal performance review or internal progression route. And as I've said, anything around, um, you know, national fellow, fellowship, D2, D1, whatever that may be, because I also would encourage not just those in academia, but educational developers, library, learning support services, um, people in, you know, health and well-being, you know, anyone who has an interest in supporting students in not just higher education, but further education, it can be anything to, to submit and upload. I should mention the folders as well, shouldn't I? The different um, categories that we have. So um, when I set the repository up, um, I set it up in a structure where we have different folders that are known as groups. Um, and anyone can suggest a new group if, if they so wish. Um, we currently have 14, but that's by no means an exhaustive list. Um, we have them on assessment, students as partners, CPD, um, SOTL. Our themes such as uh, equality, inclusion and diversity, they permeate through every single folder. So we don't have a discrete folder for that. But if you do have an idea for a new folder, obviously, please just get in touch. And each folder has um, at least one curator. And that's a colleague who isn't there to judge or um, reject submissions. What, what the curator is there to do is to support you when you've uploaded a piece of work into their folder. They will make sure that that work is accessible. So it's meeting all of those um, in, ter in terms of access for disabilities and hearing impairments and it's got captioning and the like. They'll make sure that the work is visible, that you've added keywords so that people can um, find it and discover it when they search. And they'll make sure that the work's housed in the most appropriate place as well. And they'll also support you to promote your work, you know, for example, through the use of um, social media. Um, in terms of things that you can upload, um, videos, posters, infographics, templates, short media clips, um, you can put all of those in there, as well as traditional research papers, if, if you wanted to do that. Um, what haven't I said about the repository? Let's have a little look. Um, oh, Creative Commons licensing. So when you upload and share your work, um, obviously people can access that work and download and browse those resources as often as they like. Um, but just in the same way that we'd encourage people to cite traditional research work, the system really encourages people to use that citation system so that if they're presenting something on 
you know, subtle or teaching and learning and they've drawn upon your work, then they can cite that in that way. When you upload, you can um, select a level of the Creative Commons licensing so that you have complete control over um, how people use your work and reproduce it and how then they would interact with that so it could be obviously no derivatives and you just use it as it is or that they can use it and adapt it for their own use in their own practice but giving you that um, academic recognition and you know making sure that they say they know it's it, it originated from you in terms of uploading work it's really really simple don't need to register it's completely free. There's sim simply a submit button and you drag and drop the file that you want to upload into the space. And then it goes into a really simple, easy to use form whereby you put your name in. You can assign it to a category, a group. You add keywords. There's space there for you to put in a short description. So very similar to an abstract. And there you could put links to your own personal websites, a different um, you know things that you want in there making sure that um, if you want your orchid id linking to it you put it in there if you don't want to have it accessible straight away you can um, click and have it limiting the access to make your files, pri files private for a short spell so adding a, an embargo that's possible to do there's details there you can add in terms of any funding that you've received to support that work uh, and obviously don't forget to click the button that says um, make a, a, a unique DOI for that work if it doesn't already have one. So um, when I set it up, obviously I've got um, just me with this mad idea, but I was really fortunate that I got, you know, six or seven colleagues who really thought it was a good idea as well. And they've been really supportive. And over the past 12 months, it's grown from those um, six or seven colleagues, friends really now, um, into about 74 institutions. Um, and lots of critical friends and curators and people who are helping to support. So what I want to do next um, is those curators potentially to move on into mentoring roles to give opportunities for others coming through to gain experience of curating and, and sharing practice. One of the curators currently at the moment is looking at um, a compendium. So it was always my, my intention to uh, get the practice Possibly not to archive it after every 12 months, but, but something similar. So we take the work that's in there at the moment, we put it into a nice space as a compendium, uh, perhaps assign it um, an ISN. We have the curators as editors of that collection. So we either do it as a series of separate collections, one for each folder into one big compendium, or we have them as, as completely separate um, spaces and that would then give the curators and other colleagues critical friends anyone who wanted to really to gain experience of you know editing collating working with colleagues to put some kind of sort of other publication together so that that's one idea going forward uh, another idea would perhaps be have some awards as well you know to recognize that work of the, the perhaps the one that's been most downloaded or shared or that one that's um, innovative. So there's lots of different ideas in terms of developing the space in the, in the future. And of course, if anybody has any great ideas, you know, you know, I'm, this isn't a closed shop. Um, the more people who contribute and share and get involved, the better. So if anyone wants to be a curator or a critical friend, has an idea for a new folder, has an idea for how we can make this better, 
because ultimately, you know, the, the more we share and the more we have support there, the, the better support for staff equals that better support for all of our students going forward. And that's the idea behind the repository, really. This is really great. What impact is the National Teaching Repository having already? The repository has been running now for just um, 12 months and it's attracted almost 50,000 downloads already. So that's almost a thousand people a week, every week that it's been um, set up, accessing the space to find best practice um, and ideas that work. So what are some of the frequently asked questions that you get about the National Teaching Repository? So in terms of um, frequently asked questions, people often ask if um, the work's still their own. Yes, absolutely. It's still your own work. You remain and retain all of that intellectual and um, rights to your academic and intellectual property. And in uploading, you choose that preferred level of Creative Commons licensing. And there are guides on the repository and also uh, via Figshare exactly to support you in choosing that right level for you. Um, some people ask me, is there a fee? You know, are they charged for, for doing this? No, there's no um, process fees, no charges or of any kind, and, and absolutely there will never will be. Once you've uploaded, sometimes people say, can I remove work from the repository? Yeah, that, that's possible as well. You, there's no problem there. And also if you've uploaded a piece of work and then a new piece of guidance comes out or legislation, then it's possible within the system just to refresh your piece of work, add in that new detail or data and um, overlay it, if you will, over the original piece. And that way you don't lose any metrics that you've already got. They just continue to add on top. Getting started is really easy. There's lots of guidance within the National Repository to support people to do that. There are short videos um, and actual physical guides as well, getting started information um, on the Figshare pages. It is housed within Edgehill University um, and we have a technical director, um, Liam Bullingham, who's absolutely amazing and he can answer any technical questions that anybody may have. If you already have existing work elsewhere, the repository allows you to signpost via links to your own personal web spaces, blog spaces, institutional research archives. Yes, you can link everything to your own ORCID ID and you can create a Figshare profile if you want to as well to maximise that research profile. I often get asked what you can upload. You can upload absolutely almost anything, um, Excel spreadsheets, reports, documents, lectures, keynote lectures, PowerPoint presentations, um, anything up to, to five gigabyte. Um, and again, there's information on the uh, repository about how to upload and publish your data. I think I've talked a little bit about how to get involved already, but basically you can do as little as just logging on, finding the submit button, and uploading sharing your work if you want to get more involved you can create a profile page you can get in touch with me or any of the other curators and say you'd like to become a curator or you'd like to become a critical friend of the repository so if you want to do that please do not get in you know hesitate to get in touch how do you know if your work has been viewed well you just log back in or you visit the repository you click and it's there very clearly for you to see how many times your work's been downloaded um, how many times it's been viewed, and then the altmetric data um, is brilliant for showing you who's looked at it on Mendeley, um, Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and where in the world your work has been viewed and accessed. So that's uh, really good. 
in terms of personal information, we don't hold any of your personal information at all. The only information that the system has is, is the, system, the information that you, you give it that you choose to uh, add in and upload. Um, so there's, there's no worries or concerns there. When you, I've been asked in the past, does the work then belong to Edgehill University? No, it doesn't. The only reason it's within Edgehill University's Figshare repository is because it was a cheaper way to do that. It was more cost effective. Figshare have actually got it so that when you upload and you get the DOI, it doesn't say Edgehill University on that. It says the National Teaching Repository. So there's no way once it's up there and people are downloading it and sharing it that it has any link to uh, Edgehill. So it, it'll actually just say the National Teaching Repository. Find out more information, you know, get in touch with me. I'm Dawn, um, I work at Edge Hill. Easy enough to find on Twitter as well. Or um, we have a website for the National Teaching Repository. You can contact me or any of the, the curators. And I can probably share lots of links as well um, and get those, those circulated. Thank you to Dr Dawn Irving-Bell for her time. You can find out more about the National Teaching Repository at NT Repository on Twitter. And there's a link in the description to this episode. Coming up next time on Talking HE, we speak to Dominic Arnell, Chief Executive of Just Like Us, the LGBT plus young people's charity. A preview coming up. Um, my name's Dominic Arnell and I'm Chief Executive of Just Like Us, the LGBT plus young people's charity. So Just Like Us is an organisation focused on improving the experience of LGBT plus young people growing up. And we've got a number of programmes that focus on doing that. So the first one is called the Ambassador Programme, where we train 18 to 25 year old LGBT plus volunteers to speak in schools, workplaces and in the media about their experiences as LGBT plus people. The second programme is called School Diversity Week and at the end of June we have um, an, a big event that involves schools across the country providing schools with everything they need to celebrate LGBT plus diversity and inclusion. Um, and this year we engage with schools representing 2.8 million young people. And thirdly, we have a programme called Pride Groups, which is a programme that brings together LGBT plus young people and their allies in schools to really create a safe space initially and then a place from which um, LGBT initiatives within the school can be supported by LGBT young people in that school. All that and more in the next episode of Talking HE. Until then, I've been Santinu Vassant and this has been Talking HE.